peace and welcome to the Curators of Hip Hop official podcast. Curators of Hip Hop is an international hip hop movement dedicated to preserving hip hop culture. In this podcast series, we'll be interviewing people from all the elements of hip hop, people who work in front of and behind the scenes. In this first episode, company co-founders Jimmy Thomas and Jermaine Fletcher interviewed Quinnell Holder, also known as Coach Q from Medium PR Agency, about his career, starting with urban wear, hip hop blogging, and public relations. Check it out. So Q, man, um, I guess just kind of starting off, um, can you let the listeners know basically how you got to where you are at this moment? Um, just kind of catch us up to speed in terms of your your background, um, you know, overall hustle academically and then, um, you know, to the point where you have this company. Okay. Um, well, shoot, man. I um, I kind of, I kind of got my start with everything. I want to say, uh, in in this capacity, it was about eleventh grade. Um, I, I had a uh, one of my best childhood friends. Um, we grew up together. Um, because my 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 parents had moved. Me, I have a twin sister. They moved us down from New York. I'm, I'm originally from New York, and so is my family. They moved us down, they moved us down uh, to Virginia, and we were running around with my uncle. But as I started to kind of, you know, get old enough to really remember what's going on and what's this and what's that, uh, we ended up moving to uh, Hampton, Virginia. And um, that's when I met. Uh, my my childhood friend LA um and uh his his parents and my parents kind of got along he had a sister and it, it it wasn't his twin sister but we were all like right around the same age so we pretty much grew up together and kind of stayed in contact you know throughout the years but we kind of broke off uh when his folks moved uh, out to uh Newport News and um so we reconnected it was like his 18th birthday party and uh we reconnected and he basically was on some stuff like, uh, yo, I'm, I'm about to get this clothing line started. So uh, he did a presentation. I thought it was kind of crazy. You know, when you 17, 18, you know, you ain't really thinking too heavy about it. But I knew I was like, man, it was funny because it was kind of like God kind of put the play together. Because I was thinking in my head, like, man, I want to do some things. I always naturally was like a hustler um, and always knew I was going to be in part of the industry in some way. I, I, I was playing ball initially when I was coming up, but, you know, real quick, you get to a place in your life where you kind of like, all right, ball is cool, but, you know, what's my life really going to look like? You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I knew for a fact, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and not even not even on no skill level, but, you know, me being all the way transparent, I didn't, I didn't have the, I didn't have the finances I didn't have the involvement. You know, when you're trying to get into sports, even if you, you need somebody in the family, whether it's moms, uncle, cousin, you need somebody that's going to really, because it, it takes a lot of work. You need somebody really pushing and pulling for you. And I didn't I didn't really have that just because I, you know, both of my parents work, you know, uh, full time, you know what I'm saying? So it was one of those situations where we were like lower middle class. So we, we didn't really have the time for, you know, to, folks to really jump in on that end of it so I started really being realistic about my situation was like man bump this man 
I need to get some bread in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Figure out what's going on. I was like, the ball thing. This is this is real hobbyist right now. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this, I don't I don't think this, you know long term. But I always knew I was going to do something. You know what I mean? I, I knew I was going to do something. So fast forward, he has the birthday party, and um, you know we re- reconnect, and he's like, yo, he does a presentation about a clothing line. And he's just like, yeah, we're going to have a lot more than that. But there's this, this, that, and the third. And uh, he presented it with a couple other guys that he had. You know, I didn't notice, but a couple of the other guys that he had at the time, when I started talking to them, they were all either from New York or New Jersey. From that day, I thought it was so dope. I kind of connected, reconnected with him and then connected with his homies. And I was like, man, I want to be a part of that, man. I was like, I was like, man, I put the ball down. I was like, I don't do no sports stuff no more. I was like, I ain't, it ain't realistic for me. I was like, I'm trying to be out here. I'm going to get some money. You know what I'm saying? Because, of course, I had my little odd jobs. I was working a little fast food stuff. And then, like I said, I always been a hustler. So whether I was selling some CDs or selling some candy or selling some something, you know, I always made sure I had some, some type of money in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted to do more, and I knew it was going to be directly in, you know, in line with, you know what I'm saying, entertainment industry so um i asked him if i could be a part of the the help out with the clothing line he's like yeah man you could be like you know street team whatever because you know when they did the presentation everybody already had their positions and all of that stuff so i told him like yo let me be a part of the um he's like i was like let me let me be i want to be involved he's like you can do the street team stuff you know you always been the type of dude that can get out here highlight some people make some shakes i'll let you do that okay man in about Let's say three weeks max. It might have been two, but maybe three weeks. Man, I got on there, start doing what I'm doing, man. This was MySpace era, you know what I'm saying? So I got I got on there, got on that MySpace, you know what I'm saying? Had everybody repping the repping the brand, you know what I'm saying? I was out here making making up newsletters, sending out the group chats, all of that. Um, really getting it rolling, getting the word out. And um, my friend LA was super impressed. He was like, "Man, you did all this in like two two three weeks." He said, "Man." He said, man, you're doing more. He said, you're doing more than every single person that you saw at that presentation. And it's only been three weeks. I've known, I'm, you know, I, as, ever since we, uh, you know, we lost contact, I've been rolling with these guys for a while. And they, I don't even think they understand, you know what I mean, pro, pro, promotion and, and marketing the way that you do already. I can tell from just from this. And he was like, man, come meet with me next week. And then I met with him downtown in downtown uh, Newport News. And, um, you know, he pulled out some some paperwork and was like, man, I want to I want to offer you this position, man, as um, the co-owner of this this clothing line, man. And um, the general manager of this clothing line, man, I feel like you have a, a good grasp of where we need to go, what we need to do. From there, I went on to do the same thing with a couple other different brands. Um, it got, it got, it, it got really well, uh, things got really big. Like I said, not with just that brand, but I worked on two, three other brands to the point to even where, um, I want to say the, 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 the height of me being involved in urban fashion streetwear specifically was, uh, the last clothing line that I was working with. Uh, we got invited on tour with, uh, by, um, Chevy Woods manager, um, and this was for the the uh, the tour that him and Wiz Khalifa would go on before Wiz Khalifa became Wiz Khalifa. Mm. And, um, we got invited out, and so basically, you know, I did the. Of course, this is again 
this is where I get my my stomping ground stuff. So I'm the person that's doing all the PR. I'm the person that's doing all the digital stuff. I'm reaching out, making the contacts. And then my business partner was the one who was doing all of the visual things. So from the graphics, you know, to the websites, to the photography, to all of those different things. So they reached out to him and basically were like, yo, because we were getting our stuff on all of the Taylor Gang and Jet Life affiliated websites. So what happened was is that our clothes uh, were there. Now, I want to tell you all something very cool. Our clothes were there, and you, you saw, like, our line because we were introducing – it had to be maybe our fall line or something like that, whatever it was. Uh, but we didn't actually physically have any clothes yet. <laughs> we didn't have the money to print up anything. So everything was a mock-up. Oh, like, wow. I was so good. We were taking live shirts from, like, American Apparel websites, this, that, and the third – and he was implementing our logos and our images so it looked like the clothes were there. Um, straight hustling. It, straight hustling. We even took it to the, to the point to where we did photo shoots with uh, raw product with no logos, no printing on it, just a couple. And we did full photo shoots. And then we went back in and edit and added the logos and the, and the imagery on. Wow. Um, so you... So from a general eye look, you couldn't tell that this wasn't already made and printed, but we didn't have the money to do it. You know what I mean? So we couldn't do that, but we did. We used what we had. And this is where I really understood and I learned about presentation. You know what I mean? Presenting yourself uh, uh, the right way, the proper way. So we were getting on websites. They were talking about it like, hey, introducing the line was called Autista. Oh, introducing Autista, da, 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 whatever, whatever. And they were looking at it, and the stuff was dope. You know, it looked good, but we didn't even have one piece of merch at the time, which was hilarious. And um, yeah, I got on Wiz Khalifa tour, and we got we we got we got on no, no no we got on their radar on those websites. So all those blogs that were affiliated with it, we were on there. So their team started seeing us because we were putting the hashtags and all of that different stuff. So Chevy Woods manager reached out. He said, "Hey, I want you guys to come out on tour with us." I want you guys to fully sponsor Chevy. We want to get some pieces to, you know, the whole, um, you know, every everybody. We want to get some pieces to the whole, the whole Taylor gang, the whole Jet Life. You know what I'm saying? Everybody Wiz, you know, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody that's going to be on this tour. You know what I'm saying? We want to, we want to get in. We want to, we want y'all to come out on the road with us. We think y'all can make a lot of money. Da 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 da. Now, let me tell you the funny part about all this. You said so. That's when we went out on tour. No. My business partner, remember I told you, was the one that does more of the visual stuff? Mm -hmm. He's the person that got the email. I was supposed to be the person to get that email because I'm the one that would handle anything on this type of end. He got the email. But because he got the email, it ended up slipping through his cracks. We didn't see that email until six months later. As y'all know, six months later, Wiz Khalifa is the biggest rapper in rap. He's the biggest Mm. thing in rap six months later. It would be it would be laughable for us to reach out at him at this point, you know what right. I'm saying? Like he was, right. was a, he was a superstar at this point. He was on his way out. You know, I'm talking about this was when around the time I want to say like Black and Yellow Wiz was so big. This is when he was putting on a Mac Miller. He was putting on, you know, all of these people. This is when we were hearing about. Oh man, what's Rostrum Records? What's that? You know what I'm saying? Like this is when mm-hmm. he gets the major. You know, with I want to say what, what was his first? What was it Atlantic? This is when he goes to, you know, this is when he first gets all of that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, it was. And so we never we never went on tour, but we had the opportunity. We had the invite. 
they had the email, all the paperwork. They were ready to get us. And that never happened. And I think that was one of the, the best things that ever happened in my life because if we would have gotten that opportunity and we wouldn't have went on tour, I would have been running around with a chicken like with my head cut off. I don't think I, I wouldn't have had one humble bone in my body. But the biggest thing that I learned from that point was I we know how to put something together that's good enough to where if somebody wanted to buy into what we're doing, it was believable. You know what I mean? I said, okay, we know what we're doing. We could do it again. In the process of doing all of that, I created this website called the Red Tag Society, which was my personal blog. And that personal blog was done in order for us to get interviews and to meet celebrities and different things in a sneak and kind of like in a sneaky way, you know, because my whole thing was now that I'm quote unquote media, if I'm getting interviews or I'm showing up places or doing things, people want to talk to me because they want to get their stuff out. But I can use it as a vehicle to push these clothes on people without me saying that I'm directly involved. So I'll basically come up to people and say, hey, man, after the interview was on, I was like, thank you for everything. This interview was sponsored by this clothing brand, staple the business card, you know, boom. And the best part about it was, was because it wasn't, This is and this is another thing I learned at that point. Until you get to a certain point, when something is yours and you're telling people about it, certain people don't want to support you just because it's yours. Mm. You know and, and when I started saying it was sponsored by this clothing line and I didn't directly attach myself or associate myself, People were very quick to take it in. Oh, this is dope. Y'all wear it. Y'all shout them out. Y'all do this. Y'all do that. And from that, from me just making the blog, I started getting into, you know, um, music blogging, fashion blogging, lifestyle blogging. And that's where my 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 journalism bone kind of just came into play. And this is where I started moving into hip hop journalism and, and into those spaces. Um, so as again, along the same time when I'm doing the, the clothing line and different things like that, um, because me and my wife at the time, Sabrina, um, I mean, my, my wife now, my girlfriend at the time, Sabrina, we are, you know, mixing it up, moving all throughout Virginia, Maryland, D.C., whatever. And we ended up, because everything was looking good, people started reaching out to us. So one that reached gotcha. out to us. Uh, was which I mean y'all probably familiar with her now, uh, Candace Nicole. She's a well-known publicist. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in Charlotte now. In, in in Charlotte now, exactly, exactly. And she was the rep for the DTLR Unruly mm-hmm. interviews, uh, uh, and um, and they used to do the mixers and all of that, and have all the celebrities come up. And I don't even remember to be honest with you how she came across my email. But like I said, I was always good with presentation, and y'all know I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it all the way transparent with y'all here. We weren't doing a whole bunch of numbers or whatever, but it always looked very good. It looked professional. It looked good, and that's what attracted people because mm. it always looked good. You know what I mean? So I don't know how she came across our contact information or how we even got it in, in tune. But one day I get an email from her, and she's like, "Hey, I wanted to invite your 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 blog and a representative out to." Some of these events we have going on. I mean, we got to interview. I got to interview Lupe and Ken. Uh, I'm sorry, Lupe and ASAP Rocky and this one and that one and all of these early people that's coming up. All because of that. All because she's thinking that we got some popping blog that everybody is going on, which isn't the case. But it looks like that. Yeah. So, so Sabrina, presentation. Right. It's just presentation. So Sabrina 
again, this is the talking that this is speaking to not having the resources. Me and Sabrina were, uh, me and Sabrina, oh, and the, also, too, I want to say this. Me and Sabrina met at uh, a Tabby Benet concert in Richmond. Um, and we were just friends. This is when she had, she actually had um, a, a music blog called MA Tunes. And then I was just doing the clothing. And the irony is we ended up switching roles completely. Um, and, you know, I ended up started doing the blogging or whatever. But we were friends, you know, our friendship and the work that we were doing together, it ended up turning into a, a relationship. And this is when she was starting to go up to D.C. for me because, again, just financially, it didn't really make sense for me to try to come all the way down from Hampton to go up there. She was already living in Fredericksburg. So she would go from Fredericksburg to New York, and she would be the ones actually getting the interviews, and then she would get the artist to give me the drops and record it. And when anybody would ask what it was, she would say, oh, yeah, this is this is my boyfriend, Quinnell's. Uh, blog, the Red Tag Society, boom, boom, boom. So, on one of these days, of course, and all the big media outlets were invited to come out, too, and they were all out there, too. That's the dope thing about Candace, which, like, again, like I said, I, I, of course, you guys know, you know, you're familiar with her, but it's wild how I don't really think people understand how vital she was, or and still is, kind of to the area and putting things together, because she would really mix local media with a lot of mainstream media right. and folks that would come out. And lo and behold, Brandon from Hip Hop Since 1987 was one of those outlets, you know, from Philly that was out in D.C. getting them interviews and, do, and getting them things and getting that content. And he bumped into Sabrina and he said, the Red Tax Society, he said, I heard of that before. Mm-hmm. He said, you guys are doing He says, is this your blog? She says, no. This is my boyfriend's blog. She says, but I, I do all the camera work and different things like whatever. And he said, wow, you guys are doing a great job. And um, she says that and they, they exchange contact information. And then she comes back and she tells me, you know, about what's going on or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yo, do you know who you know what that is? I'm like, yo, hip hop is 1987, man. I'm like, they got the DJ drama stamp. I'm like, man, they responsible for helping break Meek Mills. I'm like, man, they, I'm like, they killing it, man. You know, I'm hype. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I'm like well, he, the fact that he even know who we are is, you don't understand how big that is. And she just was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I don't know. I don't, she didn't, she didn't really know who it was. You know what I'm saying? She's like, okay. I'm and she like, started the hip hop blog. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right. She didn't. And so I'm all excited. And I said, man, you got that man's contact. She said, well, yeah, I got his number or whatever. I said, man, text him and ask him if you can um if you can get his email or whatever. She got his email. I sent him an email the next day. And I just was like, hey man, I heard you met, you know, my girl at the at the uh at the event. I said, I'm I'm such a I said I'm a fan of you guys' work, whatever. Da, 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 da. And I went right in and said, Hey, I think I can make the website better. I'm just talking. You know what I mean? You gotta remember at this time, I'm super, super broke. You know what I'm saying? Not the brokest I've been, but I'm I'm damn near. You know what I'm saying? I'm That's I'm I'm, I'm like bad. So it's like, I'm just being, I'm being super transparent in the sense of like, I'm like, Hey man, you know, I love the site. I can help it out, whatever, whatever. So he hits me back. I tell him, I tell him, uh, he hits me back and says, okay. He said, yeah, I like what you got. He said, yeah, man. He said, yeah, you do your thing, man. He said, how much would it cost? He said to, to bring you on. Now y'all got to understand, but at this point I'm doing everything for free. I ain't getting paid for nothing. <laughs> haven't got paid for nothing in media or anything like that. In my mind, I was like, 
how much it costs. I'm like, who does he think he is? Did he send the wrong email? I'm like, bro, I'm replying back. What you talking about how much it costs? So, you know, I'm kind of like, okay. You know, so I'm thinking about my situation. I'm like, look, man, give me whatever. You know what I'm saying? A number. He comes back and he says, he says, look, I don't have that much right now for you. He said, but I will give you this much. And it was dang near pretty much close to the number I said. And he said, if you can work, come on as a, just as a, as an editor, he said, and work your way into it. And we spend some more time. So I can definitely can get you to that number and more. And he was a man of his word. And I started mm-hmm. hip hop since 1987 that next week. And, um, you know, from there, my life changed drastically. It changed. How would you say, um, how would you say, or what would you say your role was defined as with him um, on paper? Was it, was nah, it PR nah, at no, that moment no, or was no, it more P- media? That, that, that's the craziest part. The PR stuff came so, so much later. At that particular time, even though I was, so technically this is my transition from, because if you're really looking at my career, the, the first thing is, okay, you're doing urban fashion, streetwear. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. And then the next piece was, um, now I'm a, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm technically I'm a, I'm a blog a blogger. You know what I'm saying? I'm a blogger, and, and on my own website. But like I said, that whole me even getting to the blogging was just to move the clothes until I found out, yo, I really like this, and this is a way for me to really get contacts plugged in and kind of control my own thing. So at that time, I was I was a blogger. I was a blogger. He nobody I, I, the PR stuff didn't right. even. None of this stuff that I'm saying has anything. It was the only piece that I did for PR, which I didn't know that was PR. I thought I was just, I don't even know what you, I don't know what I thought. I thought I, that's just what you did if you gotcha. co-owned something. In my mind, I'm like, I need to be the dude reaching out for stuff. I didn't never, I didn't know what it, I didn't know what the title was. Got yeah, you. So take us, jump us forward just for the sake of time. Jump us forward to kind of quickly the beginning of medium PR and kind of the, the purpose y'all serve you. today. Okay, so um, I'll wrap up that last piece so it, it makes sense when I connect it. So, so that happened. I become a blogger. Um, I'm at Hip Hop since 1987. Fast forward, of course, you know when you jump into one lane, that's when things start rolling. So this is also around around the time when I started working for Hip Hop since 1987. I also get an internship with The Fader Magazine. I was a part of their farm team, field and research marketing team. Uh, that was down in Virginia. I, I ended up becoming the, the lead rep down there. Um, so I, I started kind of getting my feet wet, really start getting connections, moving around a lot more than just Virginia. Uh, you know, I'm in New York. I'm in New Jersey. I'm in Philly. I'm moving around. And, of course, again, from hip-hop, I get to work at, you know, Karen Civil. I get to work at uh, – I get to work with A3C. Um, I get – now I start getting featured – get featured on Bob, I get featured on here, whatever. I started to become somebody, right? So I, I transitioned from just blogging into an actual hip-hop journalist, into a media personality, all in one. I make this transition, right? Um, so at this point, I'm kind of completely away from clothing in general. You know what I mean? I'm not really doing um, As I start right. to get my feet wet at hip-hop and I build these relationships, I, I realize something about myself. It's very easy for me to reach out and speak with artists, managers, brands, publications, whatever. Um, and I also realize my peers are doing the same thing that I'm doing. So if I like a song, I can send it to my peer. And they might like the song. And, and before I know it, I started 
doing PR without knowing that that's what that was called, without understanding that that's what it was. And 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 then once that starts to kind of go into place, um, I find myself um, getting an opportunity to go over to be the the head of marketing at this indie label that was distributed by Warner Music Group, uh, Warner eighty eight called IMG. Um, and I and I and I go over there and I and I. And this is now fast forward. I'm living in downtown Silver Spring um, because me and Sabrina, of course, we're dating. We get married. She moves down. She moves to DC because she starts working at SiriusXM as a producer. So now I'm out there. Like I said, I'm I'm evolved. I'm doing good things, and um, I'm over there, and I become the head of marketing uh, uh, for this this indie label that was distributed by Warner eighty eight. And um, I love it. I'm doing my thing. Um, the money's good. I get my own office space. I'm in downtown Silver Spring, right across the street from the Fillmore. I'm living life. It, it, it looks good. Um, but as you guys may know or may not know, I'm sure you do know, sometimes when you start jumping into that corporate, when you really start getting into it, that space and the cubicles and the offices and different things like that started coming into place. It's always good at the beginning. And then months, a couple months went past and I got into a place where I was like, man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I'm over here pushing paperwork and oh, this is corny. I don't like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I ended up meeting a guy when we moved down here my uh, my wife was splitting her time. She was still doing part time between Fort Zone and SiriusXM before she went full time. The first event that we did, a guy runs up on me. As I, I meet, I actually meet a lot of these local guys who are doing very well now. But there's one act in particular. Was a guy comes up on me and he says, "Hey man, my name is JIDK," and I say, "Oh okay." He says, "Yeah," and I said, "Hi, I'm Cornell Holder." Whatever. He said. From hip hop since 1987, man, I've been DMing you, man. I've been trying to hit you up, man. You don't be hitting me up. And I'm like, I, I remember, and I remember him very vividly because he had a whole bunch of fake followers. I remember Word. Him, he had all these fake followers. And I'm like, yeah, you mad annoying, man. You be hitting me up all the time. And um, but he rapped there that day. He did an amazing freestyle. And I said, yo, get up with me next week. He comes by next week and he plays me. The rough version, skeleton version of Subtrack. Mm. Maybe two, three weeks later, I, I quit. I put I, I put my two weeks in um, as the head of marketing at Warner eighty eight because in my mind I'm going, I believe in this. I believe in this kid. I believe in this guy. He was reaching out to me just to get. He was reaching out to me just to get some help and some traction and kind of guide him in the way of PR. But I ended up working with him in the capacity of day-to-day management. Mm. Um, and again, more so that's a tricky word, right, Q? You, management. You know that's a tricky word, management, because a lot of people think you know your manager is supposed to pay for this and pay for that. No, 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 no. Clear this up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, and and again, like I said, just I I know for this for time's sake, but I don't want to leave important pieces out. So mm-hmm. just to be very clear, by the time I get over there, and like I said, I, I say I, I'm leaving. The reason why Jay wanted to come to me was because at this point, he had heard about me and the work that I done, I had done with Young Money Yarn, who's Pussy Cheese protege down in mm-hmm. Virginia. He had heard work that I, and I, and, and I had started picking up bigger projects. I was doing a lot of stuff for free, but I started working with a lot of the bigger artists 
um, and the smaller artists that I knew that were on their way up, I started building my PR portfolio. Like I told you guys, when I realized my relationships and where they were, I started really utilizing them. And I wasn't really thinking about money. I just was thinking about building things because it just was natural and it made sense. So fast forward, um, like I said, after I meet Jay, you know, I said two weeks, but it, it probably more realistically was probably maybe a month or two months um, after. But I'm saying that's after we really started building a bond. Um, but I put my two weeks in and I left. And it was crazy because I left. Remember, I told you, me and my wife had just got married. We just moved out into the DME v, v area. And it was a good job. I want to be very clear. Good job, good money, have my own office. And I left all that to 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 run around with a with a with a with a uh with a up and coming act. You know what I'm saying? Which it, it, sure. it, if you think about it, it didn't make any sense. But something in my gut told me this was gonna be the right decision to, you know, to take things in, in my life to the to the next level. And um I worked with Jay. Like I said, I was doing PR stuff. What happened was is he ended up getting to a place and he was always very transparent. That's one thing I always say about Jay Jay. He was always very transparent. He basically was like, yo, Q I can't, I can't really afford to pay you as a publicist. He was like, but I don't have a problem with allowing you to become my manager and then we can work out, you know, certain type of percentages, this, that, and the third, whatever, whatever. Um, and I was like, fine. I know I didn't, I, and, and I never made him sign any type of management thing. We never did anything like that, but I just believed in the kid because like I said, when he played me that skeleton of subtract, I said, this dude has something. This is reminding me of like early Kanye West, uh, uh, um, late registration, college dropout, late registration vibes is what it was giving me. I knew mm. it was something special, and um, so I, I went on and I started doing that. And like you said, you said man, and I learned what management was. I thought I knew what management was. No, no, I learned what management was. I learned the sacrifice that it was. I learned that when someone calls themselves your manager, what they're basically saying is they're going to put their needs, their wants. Um, everything that they have to the side in order to push forward towards your dream so that you can get in position. Because if you think about the percentages that a manager makes, typically between 10 to 20%, that would mean that you would need to be doing something that would 10% would be enough for you to make, for you to live off of. Right. That's the, that's the problem that a lot of managers don't understand. So they go into the situation like, yeah, I'm managing so-and-so, whatever. They're like, man, it's so tough, whatever. Da, da, da. I'm like, yeah, because you're not understanding. As a manager, you're basically saying, hey, I have talent. I'm helping cultivate and I'm helping putting plays together. But you're like, you have to understand that how you're really played, uh, I'm sorry, paid and how you're compensated is you're getting 10 to 20% of what that person is made, making. If they're not making anything, you're not making anything. And this is the boat that I was in. We weren't making money yet we were getting the name out we we're getting the buzz we were traveling and just to be perfectly transparent me and a couple of other other folks that were on the management team we had either jobs or places of stability me myself when i left um when i left uh the the gig the, uh the gig uh the warner gig as the head of marketing i at this point i had established myself as somebody who knows what he's doing but this is when i started doing a lot of my independent publishers work so I was still getting a lot of, I was still making a lot of good money um, to the point to where it didn't really matter. I was able to offset the money that I was making there with the money that I was making now as an independent publicist. So I took, I took that 
and I was able to move around, but I still had to make sure that my bills were taken care of, and I still had to make sure that if he needed anything, that, that was taken care of. Now, you said something that was important. You said people think you got to pay for everything. You do not. I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and also, also, too, I think it also depends on the type of level, the relationship, and what you're trying to get out of it. I wasn't trying to be his manager to be the best manager in the world. I was being his manager because I believed in him as an artist. After I started, stopped working with Jay, I took a step back. The blessing is, is that while I was in the transition piece of leaving Jay, I started working with two other artists. One was Chu Jackson, who is from Pittsburgh, and he was signed to Mac Miller. He was signed to his Remember uh, music label. So I was working with him. And, and what aspect? Is this doing pre-off for him? Now, or? This, this, now, now I'm full-fledged publishers now. Okay. I'm, full -fledged, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. Now, after I left Jay, I, I full-fledged publishers. I told myself, I said, I ain't managing no more. I right. Said, I'm going to stick to this in, in this publisher's lane. I, I, now I'm in full-fledged publishers. Though, so and and for those that don't know Q, what right. does a publicist do? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I want to say this. When people say I'm a PR, there is no, there's no such thing as that. They're Correct. trying to tell you they're a publicist. PR just stands for public relations. Right. Um, so don't, if you ever hear that verbiage, don't get confused. They're trying to say they're a publicist, but sometimes the verbiage gets weird and thrown around all over the place. And I always try to say that because sometimes things get confusing when people say PR, it's not a person, public relations. Is the, is the service that you give whoever your client is uh, that's what that is but um, but PR uh, and public relations in, it, in itself is literally the way that you re you personally relate or your client relates to the public so it involves so many pieces and it's so broad that when people try to make it seem like if you go to somebody and say hey I need a publicist and people try to make it seem like, oh, well, you were supposed to do this, this, and this. There's multiple different mm -hmm. types of publicists. If, if you talk to me, if anybody talks to me, I would be in the lane of a music publicist. Now, I, my company is an entertainment company. But if, you, but if you're coming to me and you're asking for a certain type of publicity, most people would look at me as a music publicist. Now, don't get it twisted. I've done PR for festivals. I've done PR for... Um, you know, other clients outside of specifically just music. Um, but what I'm saying is, is that there's so many different uh, pieces and pinpoints to it that don't ever have someone say, hey, I'm a publicist. Just because two people say they're a publicist don't mean they do the same thing. Like even Candace. Candace wasn't the type of publicist that I was. Candace was more of a event um, specialty you know, type of publicist where she would put together and orchestrate certain things that a publicist like myself, I would need to be connected to a publicist like her because we did two different types mm -hmm. of things. I wasn't the person that was doing that. You know right. what I mean? So um, I, I want to be very, very clear about that. But yeah, in, in, in simple layman's term, a publicist is just somebody and PR in itself is just the way that you relate to the public. And typically nowadays, and it's 2018, a big piece um, of your PR is going to be digital, and again, that's where we, we, I, I that's where we grew. That's where I, I mastered 
you know, those areas and those places to be able to get to that. Now. Right. And speaking on that, speaking on, you know, um, social media and things like that, you know, like you said, you mastered, you were integral in, right. in um, being a part of Panda. Getting that out for designer, yeah. man. Let's let's go into yeah. that and and you know what that footprint looked like. Cause I remember JIDK like liking all of our stuff like one or two weeks. I was like, yo, this kid is, you know, really trying to get our attention. Like liking everything, yep. you know. Um, so let, let's get into the intricate parts of that because sometimes we get balled up with so many different social media platforms. What's the best way for right. someone to um, approach that? You know, specifically talk about how you did with, you know, the panda situation. The way that I even got involved with that, man, I got a, I got a homie named D-Rock um, who's actually, he's a multi-platinum producer. He's actually the, the person who co-produced uh, One Blood. Oh, nice. Uh, for games. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you know, He's done, he's done a lot of other things, too. You know what I'm saying? You know, he did do the damn thing for, you know, Fab. and he did, he did a whole bunch of records. But long story short, he was young, really similar to myself in the sense of, like, he was young, established himself. But he reached out to me. Um, and he, at the time, he was DJ Envy's right-hand man. And he basically reached out to me because he wanted me to do some work with him on some personal things he had going on. Um, but I, I heard the stuff that he had. And I, and I gently, politely, and respectfully told him, I was like, hey, man, I don't think I'm the guy. I don't think I'm a, a good fit for this. And from there, we actually we had a good relationship. The biggest thing was he told me he respected how much, even though I told him that I didn't want to specifically work with him or do that, he told me he respected the fact that I even responded in a timely and a professional mm -hmm. manner. So that's something I want to make sure I even say. I got a lot of opportunities simply by being professional. Right. Period. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know who he was. Oh, mind you, I didn't know he was who he was when he was reaching out. I didn't know that. So I just was hitting him back like he was anybody. And just say, hey, man, thank you for reaching out, whatever, whatever, whatever. So we built a rapport from then. After that, he plugged me in. I knew this guy was legitimate. You know, again, I didn't really know him like that until I looked him up. But I knew he was legitimate because after that, a couple weeks later, he said, hey, man, Envy's looking to redo his branding a lot of digital stuff he has going on. I want you to be involved. I said, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Remember, I grew up in Hampton, so I know who DJ right. is. Y'all know. You know, I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get you on the phone with him tomorrow. I'm like, nah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all see how many people go to the rap club and say, DJ, you'll never pick up my phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? This man got me on the phone with DJ MV the next day. Hour-long conversation. It, it did something in me again. It did something in me, similar to when we got the call or we got the email about the uh, the weird police thing. It made me go, "Wow, oh man, this could be, this could be huge. This could be something." So, and that was, and that was just for us to just talk, for me to be a part of his team. Fast forward, that never even happened. We never end up doing anything with Envy. Of course, I go out to New York. I'm politicking with him. He's taking me out to this club with Envy. We're doing this, that, and the third, whatever. But we just build a good, good relationship. Nothing ever happens of that. We never, we end up never doing no work. That's, that's my point. Is even we end up doing no work. So maybe four months later, he hits me and says, Q, he sends me a song. He says, I need you to listen to that. Tell me what you think. I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to it. He hit me three days later and said, Q, guy from Brooklyn named Designer. He blowing up. He said, my little cousin uh, Uptown says everybody's playing it. 
said, my brother, it's downtown. Everybody's planning. It's the next thing. You need to be involved with this. You can take this thing to the next level. I said, okay. I see it. I finally listened to it. I hit him back. I don't even second guess him from because of the simply off the DJ Envy thing. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? I said, the man told me he was going to get me on the phone with somebody who A-list celebrities say they cannot get on the phone with. And I was on the phone with him the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to whatever you're saying at this point. <laughs> this is the craziest part. He doesn't even know design manager. He doesn't even know him. He literally just acted on it and wanted to get me involved before he even went to reach out to them. Oh, wow. So I say, okay, collect, connect me with his manager, whoever. He hits me back two days later to find out who his manager is, gets us all on the phone. So I'm like, and I'm like, wow, okay, now I understand why you were 16, 17 with multi-platinum records and plaques because you get it done. Like, right. You you figure it out. You know what I mean? I'm learning all of these things in the process. It gets me on the phone with uh, with, with, her, with uh, his manager. Her name is Zana, Zana Ray. Um, and um, she starts talking. And D-Rock's just going, and, you know, he's gassing me up. Yeah, Zana, this is cute. He's the man. He's going to get you guys right. Boom, 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 boom. So remember, there ain't no money involved. There is no this and I am really rolling off the strength that at the end of the day, D-Rock said this guy's next. It's going to happen. So I, I, I buckle down. Y'all got to remember, I'm, making, I'm doing everything from the beginning. The team was very small. It was maybe about five of us. Me, D-Rock. Uh, I'm sorry, me. Yeah, me. D-Rock brought me in. So me, D-Rock, Xana, um, and then there's maybe like, you know, and then, there's, then there's designers guys. You know, they're the LOD guys or whatever. They're the, the, the crew that he comes up with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. As a comedian guy who's the original guy that actually even le- leaked the record. His name is Pudgy. He's the le- original guy that, that even put the record out there on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then there, like, uh, uh, one more. Uh, and then he has this other guy, Millie, who's just like his homeboy, whatever, his hype man. Who's his hype man to this day? And um, long story short, uh, I just started going hard, man. So, so, so let me explain to y'all how, when I say going hard, this record again, it originally started as a leak on um, on Facebook. Designer also had a whole bunch of songs that were already written and already done, including Timmy Turner and a lot of different things that people don't know. But he didn't have access to the studio. Remember, he didn't have the money, he didn't have the resources to put a lot of this stuff out. So a lot of this stuff that people started to hear were things that he already had together. He already had a lot of this stuff together. It just he didn't he didn't have the platform to put it out. All right, so let me put myself back into the position. Like I said, I started getting things together. So while this song is just really just blowing up, you know what I mean? Just off of that, off of that sense, they what they do is they take the song from Facebook and they actually upload it to SoundCloud. This is where it got crazy. The moment that they started uploading it to SoundCloud, this thing is doing numbers. Hmm. I'm talking about not trying to be, not even exaggerating, guys. I'm talking about it goes from going up 5,000 when you go click on it. You know, you come back, look at it, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. And I'm not saying saying that's how much plays the song. The song already had 50,000. By the time I looked at the song, it was about 30,000, 50,000. So this is me coming back looking. It got to the point to where other people started uploading the song to their SoundCloud. And oh, 
So a lot of so that's why a lot of people kept saying it felt like he came out of nowhere. They weren't realizing now the song is being posted on YouTube, on Facebook, and in its entirety. That's why all these people knew what this song was. Didn't see the numbers that yeah, you didn't see it because it wasn't all in one place on one account. This thing was spreading viral, like in a real in a real viral way, like not in like a fake viral way. Like literally, like almost like if if all three of us had a leak of like a little Wayne song and we all got it and we all try to upload it and share it with our friends and then they upload it. it that's how it literally happened like that. Right. You know what I mean? So this thing is growing. So they get to a place to where we all have a talk and I'm like, yo, whatever y'all do, y'all need to try to get, make sure you get his official account. You need to upload this official thing to iTunes. You need to get all of this stuff so people know he has an official account. It all needs to look the same. I'm teaching them about branding. I'm teaching them about um, 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 continuity. I'm teaching them about, you know, making sure people can have access and to get the things. I'm the person that made the first official DJ service pack to that record. You know what I'm saying? I'm the first person that made the official press release about that record. I'm the first person, like all of these things. And while I'm doing these things, Xana and Designer are taking meetings. When you hear them tell the stories about, oh, man, we had, you know, I don't even remember how many said. They said 12, 13, whatever labels. Yes, they, they did. This is all real time. As we're doing this and I'm pushing and promoting and, and pushing these things out in real time, offers are on the table in real time. Labels are meeting with them in real time. Um, and, and um, you know, the next, really the next phase of, you know, what happened was, of course, is, you know, one of one of their one of their last meetings, you know, was with was with you know was Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this is this is LAX. If I'm not mistaken, Kanye was on his way out of the country, but they meet at LAX. It's Kanye, it's Steven Victor, and designer. It's designer and Zana, and um, designer. I mean, Kanye plays designer. Father, stretch my hands. Um, this is the first time designer ever hears the record and Kanye first time you meet Kanye West you didn't sign with him or anything he, he he's playing you a remix of your song that hasn't even some people have never even heard this song yet he's playing you a remix of your song saying this is it this is it how, how do you feel about this thing you right. know what I mean the designer's going oh my god what do you mean what I what, what I mean what do you even say you know what do you say what are you gonna say even if you didn't like it what are you gonna right. say yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're not saying anything. So that's that happens. Now mind you, this is all happening in real time. Now let me explain to y'all when I say real time. I am sending press releases. I'm texting Xana. I'm texting D Rock and they're telling me, Oh yeah, Q, we gotta go to LA. A couple hours later. Oh yeah, Q, we're meeting with Kanye. Mm. A couple hours later. I'm I'm and then on TMZ, remember when it was the, the uh, the album, The Life of Pablo, was called Father uh, Waves. TMZ drops the story and says, "Oh Kanye, they run up on him and say, is that a little bit of wa- is that Waves?" And Kanye says, "Yeah, there's some stuff that's gonna be on Waves. If you look in the car, designer is sitting in the car. Oh wow, three because he's playing. This is the first time they've met. The world doesn't know who designer is yet. He's in the car. First time they met, he's playing them the record." This is happening in real time. The moment it comes out on TMZ, I asked Zana. I said, Zana, 
I said, this is going to end up being huge. It's going to be everywhere. I said, can I take this clip, flip it, put it in a press release, add the song and send this out? He said, of course. She said, yeah, go ahead. It's going to be out everywhere to whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be out. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be out, but people don't know. I said, I made sure that they knew. I said, designer links with, you know, Kanye West, a, you know, rising Brooklyn rapper at whatever, whatever, whatever. People don't know who he is. It doesn't matter. Um, my boy, again, the same person that sent me, Rocco. That sent me that that on the phone with Fresher. I sent it to he's working at the source at the time. The source was the first place to put the press release and the way that we flipped it and the way that I wrote it in the description. Man, after that, it just started getting picked up, picked up, picked up, picked up. Real time now, y'all. The next week is Yeezy season either two or three fashion show in New York. By the next day, it was confirmed to me that they had done the deal with good music. In no time. In no so time. The, so they, the they, time from you got there with designer, met him, all this yeah. happened, the signing, because a lot of artists are out here grinding for years, you know, and, and we know that, uh-huh. you know, um, you know, designer was grinding before this song. But when he got this song and the t- by the time you got the Tell me how long did that take for him to get that deal? Because a lot of artists think when they sign, they made it. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, and you, you 100% right. Um, and, and I'm glad you even brought that back up. I want to be very clear and let people know, like, Designer had been doing this thing. And that's why I said I, I hate how people try to discredit him so much because a lot of people's whole thing was, well, yeah, he just had that song. He popped out of nowhere. Nah, 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 nah. Like, nah, man, he he been putting in this pain. But again, he couldn't record a lot of the records that he had finished, that he had done the right way because he didn't have the money to. I mean, y'all, a lot of people forget. I mean, designer is is a, is is a, is a kid from from the projects. Like at the end of the day, like his life changed, you know, at that moment because the money was was available to him. But before then, he was just like any of us. You know, what I mean, coming up, like he ain't have it. Right. You know, how you can't just go in there and make a a one record if you don't have the proper you know, equipment, you know what I'm saying? Or the, or the studio time or whatever, or access to it. So that that's important to be said. But from the time that I started working with designers from the, to the time he had a deal, I want to say it was sometime in maybe August. I have, I actually have the tweets and everything. I want to say it was like around August. And this was around the time. This is so dope to, for me to even say this because I have the tweet, but I want to say it was August. This is when I was writing for, uh, I was contributing to It's Biscuit. That's my man, Biscuit. Y'all know the media person. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a tweet. I wrote an article on his page. And this is one of the, and you know what's so funny? This is one of those pieces now that, you know, you see people write it all the time. Um, it was kind of like an influencer piece. And what I wrote on the title was, and I had a snippet of the song. I still have the tweet to this day. And it says, is designers panda the next song to go viral? Mm-hmm. And I took a clip. It was the song and I had an article and a link to it. And um, that was like in August. And the thing about it was, was that the, when was that Yeezy season joint was maybe, ah, man, let me see. What's that? September? Had to be like, uh, so I think Yeezy season is, that that thing was always around October, no late uh, November, uh, October, November. It was around there. I can't remember. Um, I'm sorry. It wasn't August. 
I started we started doing that work in um it was in April. So April, May, June, July, August. About six months. So it was about six months. From the time that I, I got involved to the time that he was assigned at to good music was about six months. I wanna get into um I wanna get into I guess you could say almost like a fire round of questions that I think um a good majority of um our audience um would would really appreciate just from uh from being independent artists, producers, et cetera, brands themselves. And so this this these questions will coincide with the services that you basically provide. Um okay. number one speaking on behalf of an independent artist at what level at what stage um would your services or at least services like yours be needed um i would say every i would say every 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 level and what services do you provide like if you were to go down on the list what are those things that each individual needs to be conscious of um okay so i i I'm, i'm gonna try to break this down as 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 simple and then you know as, as, as quick as I can at the end of the day, the reason why I said at all levels is because different artists need different things, but a lot of artists, especially independent artists, no matter what level they're at, they don't have fundamental things that allow them to get to the next level. Again, I'll kind of use what I said, even with designer, like I made, like I said, we, we, we made his first DJ service pack, press releases, bios, EPKs, uh, show reels. Um, a lot of these things are things that there are artists that are established. They don't have them. You ask an artist right now, someone what might be your favorite artist. You ask their, you ask their management for a one sheet. They might not have it. They don't even know what that is. They might be looking at you like, I don't know what that is. I got his uh his Instagram. He verified. <laughs> he got followers. That don't matter. People want to. They want a one sheet. They want a list. They want a press kit that has statistics. They want. So when I say, when I say everyone needs it, it doesn't matter the level you're at. There's something that you probably should have to be polished. So when you're trying to present yourself to someone else, they can take you seriously and look at you seriously. So the services that we offer, that I would say specifically, I'm gonna say more the lower stuff, and then it can go up as far as it needs to go. Like sure. I said, a lot of that stuff is like, yo, <clears throat> again bio you know what i mean um you know press photo um it's so funny because it sounds so it sounds so cliche but a lot of people don't they really don't have this stuff i'm working with mainstream artists at labels and they don't have good press photos my wife just went up and did some photo shoots for the locks um and kid capri and this has been their first official photo shoots in years we're talking four or five years plus for both of them you know what i'm saying like just regular stuff you know what I mean? So, right. Pre- like, again, press photos, um, electronic press kits. Like I said, if you don't have enough information for electronic press kit, uh, at least cool. a one sheet, a website. You know what I mean? Uh, Wikipedia. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Verification. So once you get all, go down that list, mm-hmm. um, let's say you got now we got an artist who does have that criteria. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about strategy. Absolutely. What type of strategy puts those those things, those elements into good use? Oh, that's a perfect question. Great segue. Um, I would say, particularly for my artists that are going, hey, man, I'm really trying to take things to the next level. A lot of them are trying to pitch um, and do things, but because they didn't have those basics, they weren't able to. So let's say, like you said, you get those basics. Your next point of action would be pitching for a booking agent. And you would utilize your 
your press kit and you would utilize your um your show reel to pitch for uh junior junior booking. I always tell people you want to go after junior booking agents first, you know, as opposed to going to the bigger, you know, the bigger wigs. You want to go after the little smaller ones so they can come out, check out your music, get a feel, invite them out to a couple shows, uh, let them get a feel of you so they can boast brag and basically be your cheerleader to, you know, the senior agent, you know, and that and that booking agency, that company as a whole. Um, and then that that's one element aspect of it. And then also, too, the next piece would be actually obtaining bigger levels of press. You know what I mean? A lot of people ask, oh, man, how do I get opportunity to be in a billboard? How do I get opportunity to be in a print magazine and, and have myself here and here and these different things? Well, you have to be able to present yourself the right way and set up those meetings. Again, these tools, these fundamentals allow you to present yourself the right way. Um, another piece that a lot of artists want to get into and understand is, um, and you, you'll need an additional, you need an additional uh, piece. It's called, uh, it's a deck, a pitching deck. There are people that want to get connected with brands. Say, man, I feel like me and Reebok work. Okay. Well, you got to be able to present yourself the right way. And then you need to make a specific deck and a proposal for Reebok and why you feel like you guys make a good fit. But again, you have to have your things in order to be able to do that. You know what I mean? Got you. So, what tools, what tools and, and technology are you using that help you do your job better today? And what's and what are some of those same tools you think artists should be utilizing more? Oh man. Um there's a lot. Um one of the tools that I think um I think it, 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 a lot of people don't take advantage of um, is okay. So there's one, there's one in particular. It's called Next Big Sound, um, and basically what Next Big Sound does is it basically takes you put your information in there, and it utilizes your demographic, um, your location, um, and you know diff- different uh, variants in that way, and it basically shows you uh, kind of a layout of you know, who your fan base is, who you should be targeting to, you know, um, what, you know, what things work for you, what things don't work for you. Um, really that, the reason why I even said next big sound is because that is kind of like the, 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 almost the overall for what you need to use to figure out how you need to move in general, because you can actually go in and look at your data on Spotify in the same way look at your data in SoundCloud on the same way. A lot of people, a lot of these artists managements, they're not even, they're not paying for the, you know, everybody wants the free version. They're not paying for the full version. So you're not able to look at a lot of these things. When you are able to tap into those things, it can help you put together and piece together the plan in the right way to figure out what you need to do. I had an artist who was using the free version of Spotify. So he couldn't see his, 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 his stats. He was trying to figure out why he could never get no shows, but he got good streams, amazing streams. Man, that man upgraded to his premium Spotify account and found out the majority of his listeners, you know, was in L.A. He was a a DMV client that I had. He goes out to L.A. He's booking shows every week now. I mean, something as simple as that. You know what I mean? Like, not understanding, like, oh, wow. Like, but I live here, so I just assumed everybody, nah. Nah, you need this data, man. You need this data. You need to really see where people are, you know, what they have going on. 
Um, and you need to know what's you need to know. And then once you get in tune with your fan base, you need to make sure that you're able to put together things that are going to allow you to excel further past that. You know what I mean? Again, a lot of things that people take take for granted is the is the is the intimate listening sessions. You know, the intimate, um, you know, going to meet. You know, all, taking people, taking the and you know, taking the, the potential brand. You know, whoever's to lunches, this, that, and the third. Like, don't get it twisted. I've, I, my career and my company has thrived from the internet. But a lot of the reasons why we're able to get in places that a lot of other people aren't is because I combine that. I use the the, the internet as a resource and a tool, but I still do the face-to-face. I'm still calling people. I'm still DMing people. I'm still pulling up on people. I'm still taking that flight. I'm still doing whatever it takes, you know, to to take it to the next level. And and as an independent artist, they need to be doing the same, man. Just because you got good presentation and good etiquette, sometimes you got to show up. (laughs) For sure. And now now that you mentioned that, I understand that, um, you know, you're going to deal with a different... um, let's just say entourage of artists as far as uh people who are more prepared than others people who are really in the in the beginning stages um what's the ideal client oh this is how much how how much um would you expect or would you hope that an artist is already coming to the table with that makes your job that much more effective you and really the the life and the job of anyone that kind of serves your role what is the ideal artist Man, it's so crazy you asking me this because me and my wife just talked about how we thanking God, how we're 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 finally <laughs> we're getting to that phase of our life, but that's all we're really dealing with is is is, is our ideal clients. I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you because you said something that's important. You know, you always dealing with people with different phases and different things. For us, an ideal client, the biggest piece to an ideal client is is really two things. Uh, I'm sorry, three things. A great, uh, um, already having a fan base, uh, a a fan base that's already intact because you can easily grow it. You know what I'm saying? That's no problem. But having having some type of fan base, a real fan base, you know what I mean? Um, Having a fan base, um, willingness to listen is, matter of fact, that might be number one. Willingness to listen. You know how many people have come and say, Q will pay you whatever it costs. We want this, this, and this, whatever. And they will come pay you and not listen to nothing you're saying. They just don't listen. They don't care. Like, I'm like, you need to do this, this, and this. No, 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 How much it costs? I'm like, you got to actually do the work. <laughs> like, there's an, there, to an extent, you physically have to do the work. So, um, a, you know, having a fan base, um, the ability to listen, um, and then and then something that a lot of people take for granted, you know, even within that sense, is great content and understanding your connection with people within that content. Having that, having great content, having great, specifically if you're an artist, musician, having great music, you know what I mean? And it's not hard to tell. It's not hard to tell if your music is good or not. You know what I mean? You might have to get away from some of them yes men, depending on where you're at, you know what I'm saying? It's easier to tell if your music is good when you're not in the best financial situation or if people aren't dependent on you. But once you start, some of the artists that we work with, they kind of already have money or they're already in a good place financially. Some of the people around them tend to not be as honest because they are the reason why, you know, those people are in position. But I 
right. a lot of people that are in a, a lot more have a, in a little bit more humble position. Uh, they people keep it more a lot more real with them. Like, yeah, bro, that's whack. You know what I'm saying? That's what are ingredients of uh, longevity to you? Um, ingredients of longevity for me are um, great presentation, uh, integrity. Um, and I would also have to say being true to yourself, but still remaining relevant. Um, people who do a great job at this, you know, people like Jada Kisses and people like Fabulous and people like, you know, Diddy and people like, you know, um, even Jay. You know what I mean? Like Jay, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you want to stay true to yourself, you know what I mean? But you have to understand how to get with the times, man. I mean, do y'all remember when Jay-Z told us it was the death of auto-tune? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we believed 2008, 2009. And we believed it. And it was true. Until this underground, until this guy, um, if we really keep it in the stack, it was really true until this guy named Future. <laughs> came out and, and kind of took it because the whole thing was the depth to auto-tune thing was basically like a disc. It wasn't a disc, but it was a disc to like T-Pain. It was like, T-Pain, you got this thing started. Kanye's over here doing this thing now. Jay's, I don't know if people realize, like this was Jay separating himself from from that Rockefeller era in a way. And from in, in a sense, he was saying like, yo, we doing things different. And um, I just want to say Jay said all that and he also told us, James, because it's not too thick. And it was a lot of stuff that sounded great on the record, and it was true. And as we see and we've evolved, I mean, before we know it, we got Jay-Z in the thong sandals, and he got the super tights. And, you know, he living his best life, you know what I mean? But what I'm saying is, is you can say what you want to say, but there has to be a reality to making sure that you're staying relevant. And the people that do it the best, you're able to take what you say, take what you do, you know, with a grain of salt and also have the idea of like, okay, I have to have some form of evolution, you know what I'm saying, in, in what I do. And the, those who do that well, you know, are the ones who are, are, are stick around, are the ones who have, you know, those legacies. And those who don't are the ones that are still talking about, yeah, man, we was the best to ever do it back in my day. And they're not part of the conversation anymore. Okay. I got two questions for you to, to close out my, my, my question. And then one is... um. What do you, what do you, this is more personal. What do you um, look toward as far as personal motivation? Okay. And what's probably the biggest lesson you've ever learned in your career so far? Mm, wow. Questions. Uh, personal motivation is pretty simple. Um, I mean, my wife, my wife motivates me. But a lot of people don't, I, I, I don't, I mean, well, if you know me, then you know, but I'll say it because there's maybe people who don't know. Um, me and my wife, Sabrina, who's also the co-owner of Medium PR Agency. She's the COO, creative officer. Um, she, me and her were friends first before we started dating and got married. Um, but me and her are very much equals in everything that we do. My wife motivates me because at the end of the day, uh, even though we work in different facets and we own this together, she's very much... Um, a professional uh, and very much an expert in what she does. Again, like I said, she handles just the same way as my business partner did with the clothing stuff. 
she handles all the visual and the creative things that go on with you know medium as well as outside of medium and myself her as a photographer um it motivates me so much because it's like you're talking about someone who you know came from the bottom and i saw it she's brazilian portuguese and our family came from overseas and you know hip-hop culture the real meat of it she relearned it and was humble and open to hear me teach her and go through it i put her on to all these different things and now when you hear her talk you would feel like you'd be feeling like man i need to i need to brush up on what i'm talking about you know what i mean because she's so on point so my wife motivates me very much um personal motivation wise um you know god you know he's uh, just just that you know um and and the need and the need for there to be somebody, I feel like within the culture, that is able to have a balance from both sides. You know, I'm not I'm not a, a, a multi millionaire. You know what I'm saying? And and but I'm definitely you know I'm not homeless. You know what I'm saying? So I can speak from a real point of view. You know what I mean? I grew up middle class. You know what I mean? I've had my ups. I've had my downs. You know what I mean? But I'm able to speak from a real place, and I feel like I can give. You know. Um, insightful um, feedback, information, you know what I mean, and just advice on what goes on, you know. And ultimately, I'm just a fan of the culture. As far as the greatest lesson that I would say I probably ever learned, um, I mean, I think the greatest lesson that I ever learned was, um, you know, at any given time, you could lose it all. You know, um, and because at any given time you can lose it all, make sure you building things with real foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you're building and you're doing things that like like I remember there was a time in my life where I was the guy from hip hop since 1987. Um, mm-hmm. and I loved it and I embraced that. Um, and when I made the transition out, I was like. I love the fact that I was over there, but I can't be that guy anymore. I was the guy that was cute from the red text. So I love that. But I said I had to. I have to build a brand to where I'm. I'm. I'm just Q. I'm uh, Coach Q or whatever. Like I'm just. I'm me now. And Medium PR Agency is an extension of that. So all the dope things that we do now falls with under under that. Um, but you can lose it all if you don't have a real foundation. It's over. I mean, think about all the people we know. Like you got a homie right now. You're like, yo, I know my man. You talking about uh, um, so and so from Jordan? Yeah, that's my man. Yeah, but what if Jordan goes under tomorrow? Who is he? You don't know. He's nobody. Right. You know how many people I know worked at good at labels, brands, whatever, and they lose their job, and they be like, "Yo, I'm 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 hurt." I'll be like, "Yo, yo," I'm like, "You the man." They like, yo. The moment people realize I don't I don't work here anymore, they don't pick up my call no more. They don't mm. my text because I'm not that guy. And I'm like, see, in the process of you being where you were at, you should have been building contacts, connections, this, that, and the third. The crazy part is, is shoot, that's that's the reason why I'm. I'm talking here now because me and Jimmy made a connection then. I'm not even he's not doing some of the some of the things that he was doing then and I'm not doing some of the things that I was doing then when we met. But right. we're still able to have a rapport. And I think that's that's what we gotta think. Imagine if we were so small minded and boxed in, but we didn't realize that yo, one day things are gonna be different. So remember you could lose it all and have humility. You know that quote, you know that saying they say, you know, treat the janitor. Like you would treat the CEO. Man, we live in 2018. The janitor could be the CEO. He could be coming <laughs> into work, mopping the floor because he would want to. Mm-hmm. 
you don't know. So it's like not, not even that. Just treat everybody with respect. Don't even have to think, oh, it could be the CEO. Yo, just treat him like he's the CEO of his life if he ain't the CEO of a company. Treat people with respect. You know what I mean? And remember, it all can go. It all can go. Appreciate it, brother. No Wish you and the company um, nothing but success. We know that that will happen for you. And, um, yeah, man, we appreciate you sharing your stories. Uh, thank you so much. This was, this was very dope. Um, and I think the last thing that I'll probably uh, say is that, you know, at the end of the day, you can always do whatever it is that you want to do. If you're willing to take the sacrifice, you know, to work hard to get it, you know, you can, you can, you can achieve it. But everybody's sacrifice and what you're going to need to do to get there is different. So don't try to look at someone else and what they've done and, and say, hey, if I can just do it like them, because you don't know how much greater or how much less it is that you're going to have to do to get into that position to where they got. So, you know, let your, let your, let your spirit guide you, you know, let that hard work and that work ethic and, and the mindset of no matter what you got, continue to push you forward. But I'm, I'm super grateful for this the opportunity to kind of speak and, and say some things. So thank you guys again. And thank you so much, Q, man. It was, it was a blessing having you on, man. And, you know, I hope people feel, you know, um, learn something from what you had to say today, because, you know, all the time to gain are free, but you know, the gave you today you gave them a lot of information and we truly appreciate you, bro. Uh, no problem. No problem at all.